You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord There's a paradox in our text this morning. A paradox, a surprise that doesn't make sense at first. And this paradox is a source of both great frustration and tremendous hope for us who believe in Jesus. And that paradox is the truth that we can be people of strong faith in God and still be disappointed by him. And I say this is true because it's what happened with the sisters Martha and Mary. So today's lesson is the second lesson of four in the series Sister Faith. We're looking at the three stories we have of a couple of sisters, Mary and Martha, who were dear friends of Jesus. And through their interactions with Jesus, we learn a little about what it means to follow him. And it is so good to follow Jesus. He is the Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, Messiah of Israel. Nothing is beyond his power. As scripture says, nothing in the universe can separate us from the immeasurable love that God has for us in Jesus our Lord. We know this because before we ever began to follow him, he died for us. He is the dearest most excellent, most wonderful friend we could ever hope for. He was a close friend of Martha and Mary. And he's just as dear a friend to us who love him and have given our lives to him just as he gave his life for us. Last week I led a song with the lesson and I was not planning to do that again today with this lesson, but I couldn't help as I was writing the lesson but think of a song that was perfect for the occasion. And so sing it with me if you know it. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear Have we 
is such an important message for us. That in Jesus we have the most excellent friend. One who, as the song says, shares all our sorrows with us. One who takes our pleas and petitions to God himself on our behalf. One who helps us through trials and temptations. He bears our sins and our griefs. He helps us. We should come straight to him in our time of need. And Martha and Mary, they did. They went straight to Jesus. Now, we read this story a few months ago, back in March, as we were working our way through the Gospel of John. And so it may sound very familiar to you, because we've read it recently. Let's read it again today. John 11, verse 1, is where we begin. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. We haven't gotten to that story yet. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They went straight to Jesus. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, was sick. In fact, we'll see in a moment that he was very sick. And in their fear and grief, Lazarus' sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Apparently, Lazarus and Jesus were close friends. They could refer to Lazarus as the one you love. So the sisters sent this urgent word to Jesus. Because what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And they believed Jesus could help them with their grief. Maybe they had seen him heal people before. He had just recently healed a blind man in Jerusalem, not far from where they lived. So they must have had some sense for Jesus' awesome power. They sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They had faith in Jesus. It was a sort of prayer calling on Jesus, the Son of God, to come and help their brother. But something unexpected happened. Or rather, something expected didn't happen. Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. He didn't come. He didn't come. Lazarus, his friend, was sick. Martha and Mary sent word. Jesus didn't come. Let's continue the story. Let's pick up in verse 3 again. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, 
that I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus about their brother's illness. But Jesus didn't come. What kind of friend was he? Then he told his disciples, This sickness will not end in death. And yet soon after that, Lazarus died. How could this be? Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, yet he stayed where he was two more days. And that's right after John tells us Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so the scripture says he loved them, and so he stayed two more days. If you have a Bible that says uh, he loved them, but he stayed two more days, that's translated incorrectly, and it's been fixed in the, in the more recent translations. He loved them, and so he stayed two more days. And he did go to them, but not until after he knew that Lazarus had died. This was not what they had expected. Philip Yancey is one of my favorite uh, Christian authors uh, when he writes about the difficult parts of the Christian faith. In 1988, he came out with a book called Disappointment with God. And in that book, he says, disappointment occurs when the actual experience of something falls far short of what we anticipate. That's when we get disappointed. We had expectations, and those expectations are not met, and we're disappointed. He gives a number of examples of people who expected God to do something or expected something better from God and were disappointed. One example is his friend Richard who begged God and waited for God to show him some convincing sign that God is real and really cared about him. But the kind of sign that Richard hoped for never came. He was disappointed. Another example is the great Russian writer Leo Tolstoy, who at the age of nine believed that God would help him fly, so he jumped out of a third-story window. It did not go well. <laughs> he was disappointed. Another example is of a woman named Meg Woodson, a devout Christian, mother of two children, a girl and a boy, both of whom were born with cystic fibrosis and died much too young. It was not what she had expected. And so many others. We can hardly be people of faith and not be disappointed with God when we pray and pray and He doesn't answer or His answer is no and we don't understand why. Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus about their brother's illness, but Jesus did not come until it was too late. Can you imagine how the sisters must have felt about Jesus when he didn't come until it was too late? We get a hint of the mix of emotions they must have been going through as they each talk with Jesus once he arrives at their village. Martha speaks to him first. Let's pick up in verse 17. 
On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Let's work backward through Martha's conversation with Jesus here. In verse 27, Martha clearly states her belief that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, whom God has sent into the world. So she is a person of strong faith. Even after her brother dies, she believes in Jesus and in his authority from God. In verse 24, Martha believes what Jesus has just told her, that her brother will rise again. She believes God will raise the dead at the last day when God makes all things right. She has real faith in the power and the goodness of God. But listen to her words in verse 21. First thing she says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now far be it from any follower of Jesus to scold him. That would not be appropriate, right? And I don't think Martha is scolding Jesus here at all. She might not even be blaming him. Maybe it's not his fault that he arrived when he did. But she's just saying, Lord, I know my brother would still be alive if you had been here. She believes in Jesus' power from God and she trusts Jesus. But can't you imagine that she might have, at this painful moment, been profoundly disappointed with Jesus? Then her sister Mary speaks to Jesus. Verse 28. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
What's the very first thing Mary says to Jesus when she meets him? Same thing her sister said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She falls at his feet. The next verse will tell us she's weeping. And again, she's not scolding Jesus, but she's hurting. How could she not be disappointed with Jesus? And even even the other Jews with her, those who have come to mourn and grieve with her, who have followed her because they think she's going to the tomb, they're going to keep her company as as she's filled with sorrow over the loss of her brother. They have a sense, too, that God working through Jesus, could have caused Lazarus' situation to turn out very differently. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So even the Jews who have come to mourn with the two sisters ask the question that has to be burning in Mary and Martha's hearts. Could not Jesus, who had recently opened the eyes of the blind man in Jerusalem, just a couple of miles away, could he not have kept this man from dying? And we who follow Jesus live with this tension all the time as people who trust in Jesus and believe in the love and power of God, but find ourselves disappointed sometimes. God, through Jesus, is able to help us with every trouble in life, every grief, every sickness, every broken or strained relationship, every physical need, every financial struggle, every fear we have for ourselves or for our neighbors or for our children. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? The church has proclaimed for almost 2,000 years that Jesus, more than any person who has ever walked the earth, can help us with all our troubles. He renews our lives. He gives us joy. He makes things right. He brings us to God. And yet, in spite of all his goodness, we face all kinds of trouble and hardship in our lives. Why? were Meg Woodson's children born with a disease that would take away their lives at the ages of 12 and 23. Was God angry with her? Was he testing her faith? If he was testing her faith, why take it out on on her children? Why did this happen? We believe God can heal every disease. Why hasn't he healed yours? How can we pray to a God who heals the sick, yet have a loved one whose illness takes their life? We believe God can heal every relationship. So if God is good and we pray to him, why is there divorce? Why do friendships sometimes fall apart? Why is there war between nations? Why are there evil people out there whom God does not stop right away? And just like Mary and Martha, we sense that God could do something about all this. Lord, if you had been here, 
my brother would not have died. What do we do when God lets us down? What do we do when we're disappointed with God because He didn't do what we were pretty sure we needed Him to do? What we expected Him as a good and loving God to do? And let, let no one say to us, well, if you had just had enough faith, you would never be disappointed with God. You just need to have enough faith to know God has a plan, He's going to work it out, and so you'll be fine all the way through. No, don't let anyone ever say that to us because Martha and Mary had great faith in Jesus and yet they both said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's a paradox, but it's true. We can be people of strong faith in God and still be disappointed by him. What do we do when God lets us down? How do we grapple with that kind of situation? Here's our first lesson from this text today. It's okay to be disappointed with God. It's okay. Martha and Mary were disappointed with Jesus, and Jesus did not rebuke them. Now, we'll talk about what he did do in just a minute. But he didn't rebuke them. You can't read very far in the, in the Bible's book of Psalms without hearing a person of great faith in that book of prayers and songs crying out to God, why are you not helping me? It's just they're all over the place. Jesus himself on the cross cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's okay to be disappointed with God. He already knows when we're hurting. There's nothing wrong with telling God you're hoping for better than you got. He can handle, handle that. It's okay to be honest with God about how you feel. He already knows anyway. And there's a way to express your frustration or anger respectfully. We are talking to God. There's a way to do that respectfully like Martha and Mary did. Letting God know you don't understand why he did what he did or didn't do what you needed him to do. First lesson, it's okay to be disappointed with God. Second lesson, when we're disappointed with God, we do need to be humble. Like Mary and Martha were. They still listened to Jesus, even though they were upset. Mary fell at his feet. They honored him, even though they desperately wished he'd been there to heal their brother. Similarly, we recognize we don't fully understand God's ways. He sees the big picture in a way that we can't even comprehend. Even if God were to sit down with us and very calmly, clearly explain why he does what he does, there'd be times when we just wouldn't understand. Because we just don't exist at the same level God exists at. And we know he loves us because Jesus died for us. So even in our pain, we, we trust God. We trust Jesus like Mary and Martha did. When we're disappointed with God, we still need to be humble. He's God and we're not. Third lesson. And this one comes from a few weeks later. Not very long after this story. This is probably just a few weeks later. When Jesus died on the cross. Third lesson. 
we know that Jesus suffered too. We are not alone in our suffering like God doesn't understand, like he's disconnected, like he's never been there. Jesus suffered too. The night before he was killed, he pleaded with God not to require him to go to the cross, but God required him to go anyway, and he went. And we understand why. God turned Jesus' tragic death into a sacrifice that pays for our sins and and cleanses us so that we can come before God with everything we've done wrong. It's taken away, and we can come before God and be forgiven and receive new life in Jesus' name. That makes sense to us. That Jesus suffered for that purpose. What's harder to figure out is what God's purpose might be. And my grandmother dying of leukemia or Meg Woodson, her kids being born with cystic fibrosis or God letting a terrible war continue and so on. We don't understand why God would not stop such tragedies. It doesn't make any more sense to us than Jesus waiting to come to Lazarus and his sisters until it was too late. But one thing that does make sense is that Jesus suffered too. And God didn't rescue him. God didn't rescue him from the cross until after his suffering. And then God raised him from the dead in unimaginable power. And now Jesus reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. So we know how the story ends. And that helps us as we, like Jesus, go through times of suffering when God says no to our prayers and we have to endure and we have to trust him without seeing yet how he's going to make all of this right in the end. And we know Jesus joins us in our suffering. He feels our pain with us. He's been there. On the way to Lazarus' tomb, he wept with Mary. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus is a friend who gets it when we hurt and he shares our pain. Fourth lesson. This one comes from what Jesus said to Martha when she said, Lord, if you had been here. He didn't rebuke her, but he did talk with her. When we're disappointed with God, we need to remember his promise. We need to remember his promise. Jesus told Martha as she was grieving, your brother will rise again. And she believed that was true. She believed that God will raise the dead and those who believe in Jesus will then never die. God promises eternal life to those who come to him through Jesus. And that makes all the difference. A time will come when God will make everything right and our suffering will be healed. Let me share some hopeful words from scripture with you. Words about God's promise to us. Martha didn't know these words because they weren't written yet. But we find great hope in them. Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying 
or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. One day, God will wipe every tear from our eyes. The old ways will be gone forever. God will make everything new. Romans 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the, with the glory that will be revealed in us. We do suffer today, and sometimes it's intense, but it's nothing compared to the glory that God is going to reveal in us in eternal life. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. This has been one of my favorite passages for a long time. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our troubles, as difficult as they are sometimes, are temporary. God is leading us to glory. So what we fix our attention on, what we put our hope in, needs to be not what we're enduring today, but God's promise for tomorrow. When we're disappointed with God, we need to remember His promise. Better days are coming. God raised Jesus from the dead, and He will raise us too. <clears throat> Fifth lesson, last one. Lazarus' death was not the end of the story. Jesus had said, this sickness will not end in death. It looked like it had ended in death, but that was not the end of the story. Remember that in verses 5 and 6, that big point of tension there that John has stuck in there for us, John wrote that because Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters, he stayed where he was two more days before coming to them. That doesn't make any sense until we read the rest of the story. Verse 38. Let's finish up the story. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. <clears throat> But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. <clears throat> when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Why had Jesus waited to come to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? 
He could have come and just healed Lazarus of his sickness, but he intentionally waited until Lazarus had died so that he could put the power of God on display by raising Lazarus from the dead. Imagine how that strengthened the faith of that family and of all the Jews who had gathered with them in their grief. Never again would they doubt the power of God and never again would they be afraid of dying. And so when we're disappointed with God, we need to remember that like Martha and Mary when they said, Lord, if you had been here, we are not yet at the end of the story. And when we get there, though we can't understand it today, it's just hard to see it today, we will look back and we will be able to say, God did the right thing. It was all worthwhile. Today, we can't see it, but at the end, we will. <clears throat> you know, the best thing Martha and Mary did when Lazarus died is this. They stayed with Jesus. Even though they were brokenhearted in their disappointment, they never walked away from him. They still put their faith in Jesus and Jesus brought Lazarus back to life and they were there to see it. What a friend we have in Jesus. When we're disappointed with God, when God seems to let us down, hang in there. It's going to be hard sometimes. But we know God will make things right in the end. It's okay for us to be disappointed even angry. Sometimes we'll be furious with God. But let us also stay humble. Let us remember that Jesus suffered too. Let us remember God's promises for eternal glory. And let us hang in there until God makes things right so that we'll be there to see it happen because he will do it. May God bless us as we hold to faith in him even when for a little while we may be disappointed. May God bless you. Let's pray. Our dear God, our gracious Father, our good Father, thank you for your love. We thank you that you see the big picture and act according to what is best overall. You walk with us through our difficult times. You strengthen us through them as we look to you. You hear our prayers, and you don't say yes if it's not the best thing. We thank you for your kindness. Help us through the hard times, Lord. Help us when we're disappointed. Teach us to trust in you. Fill us, Lord. Fill our lives with such blessings that we, even in our hardest times, can see your goodness. We thank you, dear God, that you did not rescue Jesus from the cross, but you raised him from the dead. Lord, help us to look into the distance and see the glory that you have prepared for your people and walk with us until we get there. Help us, dear God. We put our faith in you again. We give you thanks for your many blessings. We thank you for your church. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for being our God today. We put our trust in you. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen.